Hey everyone, and welcome to the Uncorked Corner podcast, where we cover the full spread of food and beverage industry topics. My name is Bianca, PR and marketing professional by day and food and wine connoisseur by night. And my name is Nick, an accountant with a passion for barbecue, beer, and whiskey. Today we welcome Bridget Blacklock. Bridget is the VP of Sales and Marketing at Woodchuck Cider in Middlebury, Vermont. In this episode, we cover our in-person experience at their Vermont headquarters, one of our favorite spots in Vermont, discuss their incredible flavor portfolio, and learn more about the history of Woodchuck and Bridget's time with the company. If you enjoy this podcast, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to us. With that said, let's welcome Bridget to the show. Welcome to the show. Today, we are so excited to have you here. Um, We want to get started by having you introduce yourself to everybody who's listening uh, and get to know a little bit more about how you got to working with Woodchuck. Yeah. Um, So I'm Bridget Blacklock. I'm the Vice President of Sales and Marketing here at Woodchuck. Um, I have been with the company for 16, almost 17 years. Um, So I've been here a while. I came in starting really through marketing and graphic design Um, and then kind of grew with the company, grew through the industry, had a lot of great mentors here, um, and just recently took on sales as well. So I've worked with sales the whole entire time. Marketing and sales here are really kind of hand in hand in the way they work together. Um, and I'm thankful for that because I was able to learn both through, through this company. Um, and just in June, I took on, uh, the vice president of sales as well as marketing. So, uh, company I love, you know, when I came here, I was really looking for a place that, I could start my career, you know, and and stay with for a long time. And it was really important to me to find the right fit. And clearly I have, that's why I've stayed for so long, but um, yeah, no, I I love the brands and I love the the company and the people that I work with. So it's, uh, it's kept me here. Are you from Vermont originally? I am. I grew up on a dairy farm in Vermont um, with three sisters. So my poor dad uh, ran the farm all with us and ended up with four daughters and I did everything you had to do with my sisters as far as milking cows and driving tractors and everything else. So true, absolute true Vermonter. <laughs> nice, nice. And um, do you want to tell us a little bit about the history of Woodchuck as a company, kind of how it got started and uh, up to today? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Woodchuck started in Proctorsville, Vermont in 1991. So we're getting ready to celebrate our 30th birthday next year. Pretty excited for that. Um, and it started at a small winery called Joseph Cerniglia Winery. Um, And the winemakers had started seeing European ciders um, just start popping up here and there and tried those and thought, you know, we have apples at our winery and apple orchard on the winery. You know, what can we do to create an American version of this? Um, And so the original cider maker was um, Greg Failing, and he worked at Joseph's Nuclear Winery, and he created the first woodchuck, which is woodchuck amber, um, as it is today. Um, And he started that back in 91. It was a really small operation. It was out of a two-car garage. Um, So it was very, very small and in startup. Um, We had a 1940s soda filler. So it only filled every bottle to 10 ounces. And we had to hand fill the last two ounces of every bottle. So it really started um, very, very rustic in in that garage um, when we started off in 91. So it's come a long way since then Um, from 91 we grew, um, started 
expanding outside of the state of Vermont. Um, tourists would come up to the ski mountains around Proctorsville and start tasting it and they'd want to bring it back home with them and kind of word of mouth spread. Um, and in 96, we moved to a cidery in Springfield, Vermont, so that we had um, a little larger space to produce and we're, we're out of the two car garage. Um, we were there for a while. We moved to Middlebury in 2000, um, where we had a, another cidery. Um, and then in 2014, we transitioned to the new cidery that we have today. Um, very state-of-the-art, um, one of the best cideries you can visit in the country, um, and really focused solely on, on producing cider here. And so we've been excited to have such an amazing place um, here at our new, at the new cidery. So. Yeah, Nick and so I it's had some, whoops, sorry, it's had some moves <laughs> around, but we've stayed in Vermont the whole time, which has really maintained um, what our company wanted and the importance of the brand, so. Yeah, your cider house is awesome. Uh, we, I have had the opportunity to visit and so is Nick and we just love it there. I think it's absolutely beautiful and just having that room with all the history and inside is really cool for visitors yeah. who aren't that familiar. Um, of course, in different times when it's, you know, really like buzzing and there's so many people and it's just such a great spot. So for anybody who's yeah. listening, if they're, we have a lot of New England listeners, I know that. So definitely worth a trip up there. Thank you. No, we, we do love it. We love the cider house itself. And then just the fact that you get to see so much of the building when you come and it's always fun to, to talk to people when they come visit and see where they're from and the stories they like to tell, or they always have a story about my first time with Woodchuck or, you know, or I just stumbled upon this. I had no idea. And it's always just interesting to hear everybody's different sides. So it's, it's a fun room to be in. Yep. And also, uh, you know, for people that haven't been there yet, there's a beautiful tap room where you can go. And like you said, you can get bottles to take home and everything. Uh, you have cans, taps about everything, even things that aren't really available in your local area, maybe like, so that was cool. So we got to try some of the widers um, and some of the, the Magners Irish ciders, some different things that I haven't seen on the shelves at a supermarket or anything that was really cool. So even uh, if you're looking to try some new stuff that you can't find, definitely worth the trip there. You have the observation room that's ac accessible right now. So you can see the whole inside of the cidery, the whole production process. Um, they have nice little, uh, like a sort of museum and step-by-step -step process and like walking you through how the cider is made. So it's a really cool spot to check out next time you're up there in that Middlebury area. Absolutely. I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. Thank you. And speaking of the ciders, so there's, you've, you have so many flavors. I feel like compared to a lot of cideries that are out there, yours are just so different. Um, they have, for anybody who's listening who's not familiar, they have flavors including Prosecco, they have mimosa, black cherry, they have pumpkin, then they have your, your very simple like traditional cider flavors. The 802 has been our favorite. We love it. So when we were up there, we brought some home. Um, but I know you have a whole op option um, list of all different flavors. So can you tell us about some of the newer ones? Yeah, absolutely. Um, some of our newest ones right now, we have a mimosa that's out, um, and that is kind of exactly what you would think it is. It is an apple cider with orange juice in it as well. Um, so that one's pretty exciting. Um, it tastes very much like a champagne and orange juice, like a mimosa would taste. So that we put out as a limited release this last year in our variety packs, just to get consumer feedback and, and feedback from the stores. Um, it did extremely well. Consumers have continued to ask for it. The stores want more of it. So we just released it as a six pack product. And so it'll be found in more stores coming in the next few months and, and into next year. Um, so that one's a fun one. It's actually what I'm drinking right now. Um, 
And then we are, we just released um, a Woodchuck 100 variety pack. And really behind that is we know the craze of everybody drinking seltzers and everybody wanting better for you products. And we stay really true to cider. It's what we love. It's our passion. It's what we're really good at. And we want to make sure that we have ciders that work for different um, people and lifestyles. And so well, we have the sweet apple and the dry apple and the local and the bittersweets from Europe and the fruity and the sangria and the persecco. We do have a variety. Um, we want, we really didn't have anything for that consumer looking for that better for you, healthier version of a cider. Um, and we know that we knew that we could make it and that um, we had recipes that would work. And so over the last year, we've worked on kind of fine tuning those ciders and we just released a variety pack called Woodchuck 100. The cans look like this, the variety pack is somewhat similar. Um, and it has four styles in it. It has a cranberry lime, a black cherry, a citrus, and a watermelon. And we just started shipping that the last month and consumers are going pretty crazy for it. And our wholesalers are trying to get more, or, or the stores want it. So it's been pretty exciting to launch something like that because there's, there's not really a lot of cideries playing in that better for you area. Um, you can get drier, which will bring down the calories, but it's still very different from, you know, two grams of sugar, nothing added for sugar. It's all just coming from the juice. Um, it's all certified gluten-free and it's just hundred calories. It's, it's really good uh, liquid. So we're excited about that one. Very excited. We were able to try the citrus one. I, I believe that's the only one in the 100 series that we tried. It was delicious. Um, and it's exactly what you'd expect out of sort of a lower calorie option where you're drinking it. It doesn't, you know, it's not as heavy. A lot of ciders, especially if we're drinking one that's a little bit more bold, even something that's a higher like ABV or something like it's heavy, you drink it and it's tasty. But, you know, when you want something lighter that you can crush, maybe a whole bunch of, that's definitely a good option to turn to. <laughs> and you're not sacrificing any flavor in it too. You still get tasty cider product. Yeah, that that's a good point. And it was really important to us that as we developed those, we wanted to make sure they were still full flavored ciders. Um, we didn't want them to taste watered down or to lose the flavor in them. So I think we found the right balance of still having full flavor, but not a heavy cider and um, keeping the calories low. So um, thanks. Is there a particular style of cider that you find to be your favorite? I know there's a whole broad spectrum. Like for me personally, <laughs> I like one that's a little bit less bubbly. Um, mm -hmm. Like, so the Reposado one, I believe from Widers was my favorite of all the ciders that I tried when I was there. And the Magnus Irish cider I actually really liked as well. Um, yeah. But in that whole spectrum of where it comes from, light, bubbly, uh, something more tart, something more mellow, what would you turn to? Um, my taste profile has changed a lot since I've been here. I definitely started the cider arena as a lot of people do. And that sweet apple cider, it's what you're used to drinking. Um, so I, my go-to was Amber for years. Um, and then we used to have a dark and dry or dark and dry 802. Um, that was one of our original ciders and that was really full and appley, but not as sweet. I drank that for a long time. Um, Lately, I drink a lot of our 802. It's our one that we make with all Vermont apples. Um, that one changes every year because it's very, it's a local harvest. So it depends on the apples that are available. So it's always unique to see the little differences in each batch. And I just find it exciting to taste it. Um, so 802, I really like right now. Um, I do like the fruitier ones. So I love, I do. I love the mimosa. I love the 100s. I have a hard time picking you guys. Um, I really like them all, but I think the 802 I find intriguing because it changes by batch just because it's such a local um, craft with the with the local ciders or local orchard um, apples right next door. Um, but I do think the mimosa is really easy to drink. I find myself going to that quite a bit right now. 
And another one that Bianca mentioned earlier was the pumpkin. Um, Is that a limited release kind of seasonal one or is that one that's always in your? Uh, No, the pumpkin comes out every fall. Um, We've had limited releases on and off through the years. We used to do regular seasonals where we'd have a summertime, a wintertime, winter chill, um, a fall harvest and and they changed every year and we had seasonals like like many craft breweries will have seasonals um, but we are doing less seasonals in and outs and just focused on kind of innovation and trials and so we'll put out limited releases that could be any time of the year like last year we put out a sip in citrus which was a, which was a grapefruit hopped cider this year um, we tried mimosa the same way um, so we'll do those pumpkin. We usually come back with every fall. Everybody asks for it. It's hard to say no when you have everyone asking you for it. So we usually always bring back pumpkin. Um, we're excited for next year being our 30th. We have three fan favorites that are continually asked for that are going to come back next year for a limited time. So I'm not going to release those names quite yet, but we're really excited for those. So no stay problem. tuned on that. And <laughs> yeah, we'll be excited to see what they are. <laughs> <laughs> And for the seasonality of the pumpkin, because that's what everyone uh, is kind of turning to right now, um, I it's kind of heresy to say, but I don't like the typical pumpkin spice flavor um, mm-hmm. that you have in a lot of things. But I love the woodchuck pumpkin cider because it doesn't have that over uh, sweetness. There's not too much spice in it. It really is like a easy drinking, like kind of mellow pumpkin flavor, uh, yeah. which I do like. It's no, that, when it gets that- too spicy is when it kind of turns me off. No, I agree. The pumpkin, we changed it a little bit this year, but it's been, um, it, we've been making it for years and it's very much a natural, people will call it squash, which if you do eat pumpkin, it is, it is like a squash. It's I'm like what you think of when you're, when you think of eating squash. So it's a very natural taste to it. Um, we had our fall harvest, which was our spiced apple pie that had the cinnamon, the nutmeg. So there, we made sure the pumpkin was very different from that. Um, but we have this year, we did try it with a little bit of spice, but at, you still get that natural pumpkin taste at the finish. It's not, the spice isn't overpowering. And um, I think it came out really good this year and we've had a lot of great feedback on it. So while we tweaked it a little bit to line up with kind of the, some of the spice people are expecting, we still kept it very mild compared to a lot of other pumpkin spice products that are out mm-hmm. there. Yeah, and I feel like pumpkin cider just makes sense because apples yeah. and pumpkin and it's just, it's a perfect fit. Um, but for me, I, I know just from having been a consumer of yours for so long now, I am always buying the pear seco and our, whenever we have like a brunch, especially right now where we're at home and we can't go to brunch really, yep. uh, the pear seco and the rosé have been two of my personal favorites. And mm-hmm. I actually didn't get to try the mimosa, but I do have some that is in your variety pack, I believe. Yeah. So that one I will be trying soon. I'm going to save it for a little mini brunch here (laughs) Um, but yeah those are definitely awesome for a little home brunch if you're whether you're hosting or just having it on your own such great flavors uh the pear seco and rosé do great for us um they've they have since the day we launched them they're they're a few years um in the market now they do great for us um the pear seco i drink a lot i used to drink i used to use pear seco for mimosas at home until we made our own mimosa (laughs) so i'm i'm a big fan of the pear seco um and it's drier and it it just, I think it's got a great taste. The um, rosé as well. Um, I love a lot of our products. Uh, I I became a fan of, of mixing half and half the sangria and the Pear Seco. So I'm a big fan of mixing the two of those together. Um, 
as I don't usually um, want to drink a lot of the sweeter ciders. So with some of our sweeter ciders, I'll, I'll um, mix them up with the Prosecco just to bring the sweetness down, but keep the fruitiness there. Um, so I'm a big fan of mixing those two together, but the sangria is doing great right now. I mean, people are loving it. So uh, the great thing is, is it fits so many different taste profiles within our portfolio. So, um, but if you like the pear seco and you like fruity, I would suggest trying those two together, a half and half. They're really good. <laughs> but just between the pear seco, the rosé, the sangria, the mimosa, it just, all of those scream brunch time. Like it's, they're such fun drinks to have for a brunch. And uh, the sangria one is definitely a unique cider. We, we had a chance to try that one as well. And it really does have a lot of those extra sort of berry fruity notes in it that you would expect out of something like that. Uh, with the, I uh, didn't find it to be too overly sweet, um, mm -hmm. like too sugary tasting, uh, but yep. it definitely was very, like very forward. So it's a really interesting take on a cider. Ah, excellent. Yeah, it, it, it's fun to get to play with all of these. I mean, we sit in our innovation meetings and we have all of these different ciders to taste and our cider maker is amazing. Um, he was an award-winning craft brewer before coming to us. He mentored through Greg Fallon, who was our original cider maker. So he kind of took the craft style of making beer and innovation within beer and brought it to cider. There wasn't really a lot of innovation in cider before we started that. And he, I mean, we started that probably in like 2008. We really started getting into the limited releases and these kind of one-off specialty ciders. And he's just gone crazy with it since then. And so it's always fun to taste what he what he puts in front of us and different things he's working on. But um, it is it's exciting and, and he does a great job. And yeah. <laughs> and because you're our actual first, I think I believe you're our first cider uh, company on the podcast. Is that right, Nick? Believe yeah. So, so we're, yep. we're very excited to have you. And because you are our first, we'd love to know a little bit more about the actual process of how the cider is made. So yeah. from start to finish, how long does it typically take to just make your, your most, I would say maybe your original is a good jumping out. Yeah. Point for that. Um, I mean, it, it, can, it can be seven days for something that's, that's apple juice and yeast. I mean, it's a pretty simple process when it comes to that. It's, but getting it to the exact taste profile you want is kind of the science and the art behind it. Um, so some of our ciders you can ferment and turn around in seven days. Other ones can take six months because we barrel age them or we do other unique oak aging techniques or smoking. We've done smoked ciders before. Um, we make our own extracts for some of our ciders. So we have an extraction tank that kind of works like a coffee filter and we'll make our own extracts. So it can be anywhere from seven days to six, seven months, um, depending. But on average, it's, it's, a, it's one to two weeks. Um, which is pretty standard for for an for a you know American style cider. Our Magners, you mentioned Magners, which is our import cider that we import from Ireland. Um, that cider's 85 years old and one of the largest in the world. And they'll they'll age some of their apples for 18 months in in big vats. So it, and you can tell in that one it has its own proprietary yeast and it's very unique. You said you liked that taste of Magners. It's a very unique taste you don't taste in other ciders here. And it is because they have their own proprietary yeast and the yeast you use really um, plays a big part in the taste of what of what the cider comes out at. Um, so it's it's very interesting depending on the yeast you use, the type of apples you use, um, the more bittersweet or cider style apples you use, um, you'll get some of those drier and sharper notes. Um, a lot of American ciders are made with culinary apples, the same apples you buy at the grocery store and you get that sweet kind of softer taste to them. Um, so it really depends on the type of apples and the type of yeast that you use when you're making cider. 
And you mentioned those, uh, the innovation meetings that you have. So when you're coming up with these new ciders, is that something that everyone in the company sort of has a hand in, or is it a core group of people that you have that are just thinking on these cider recipes all the time? <laughs> a little bit of both. Um, we can't have everybody that works here drinking in a, in a room all the time, but, um, there's a, there's people from every department in every area of the company that are part of the team. So we do want to make sure we've got a variety of people in there. Um, both in kind of the demographic and as far as the knowledge of the cider or, or history with the company or sales versus marketing versus production and, and um, the lab. So we kind of have a little bit of, of everyone in there. <clears throat> and then um, we'll narrow down. And then once we have, if we're, if we're debating on a couple different ciders or we want to test something out, we'll make some and have employees, we'll have kind of a happy hour and have employees taste some of this stuff. Um, so it's a little bit of everything, but our, the, the innovation team is a collaboration of multiple different groups within the, within the company. So you've been with the company for a while. What have been some of your favorite moments, even if it's maybe it's a cider that you made that was a partnership or some sort of event that you guys have had? What have been some of your favorite moments just being there and, and a part of everything? Um, I, it, I'd be lying if I didn't say probably the best moment ever is cider stock. I don't know if anybody listening has ever had a chance to come to one of our cider stocks, but um, we bring in major bands and put them on our back lawn and we throw a big festival as if we're a music festival company. <laughs> we have five to 10,000 people on our back lawn for a day. Um, and it's thrown almost entirely by our marketing team. Um, we hire out, you know, the security and and the um, people that set up the stage and the infrastructure. But other than that, it's all run internally. Um, and it's an amazing day. It's fun. It's the energy here, the music here, the happiness in the people. Everybody's drinking your product. They're listening to music that you love. Um, it is one of the best days this company has. And we did it five years in a row. Um, and not only is it the best day because you're there with fans and everybody's having fun on your property, but then at the end of the day, it's like such a proud moment to know we have such an amazing team that was able to pull it off. So it's, it's, got, it's fun on both sides, both the marketing side and, and all the fan side, but then internally, it takes the whole company to pull it off and it's such a team effort that you just feel so great at the end of it. Um, so by far, those are some of my favorite days. I would have loved to throw a big cider stock for our 30th birthday, um, given the environment. We're not planning any big <laughs> party this next year, um, but I miss them. I would love to have them back. So by far, that is, that's kind of my favorite moment, if you pick it like that. Um, but overall, I love traveling with the company. I go see different markets and I travel all over the country um, on a regular basis and talk to our wholesalers and retailers and consumers and festivals in different areas. And it's always good to get to talk to the people that are drinking your product all over and not just the people coming to the Cider House, which they're amazing. And I love talking to people at the Cider House. But um, when you have a product that's sold in so many different spaces, you just want to, you want to hear from a many, as many of those as you can. So I love to travel around and do different festivals and events and talk to people all over the country that drink our products. And with Ciderstock, who is your favorite performer that you've had over your time with Chuck? Oh gosh, that's hard. Um, I loved the Dirty Heads. I love Sublime with Rome. Um, entertainment wise on stage, the roots were out of this world entertaining on stage. Um, there's just, and local Vermont artists. I mean, we've had Jamie Lee Thurston or you know, just so, just so many. <laughs> um, so oh, one favorite, I don't know if I have one favorite there. I, I have multiple favorites for different reasons. 
Um, but to think, um, to think of the, the names of the bands that we've had, and we feel like we're just a small Vermont company, but we brought in major, major bands that loved playing here with us. Um, that's pretty exciting stuff. I'm sure they like doing something different and fun. It's uh, mm -hmm. definitely different than normal. Just go to another concert venue and setting up. So, and you're playing yeah, and to a different kind of crowd and stuff. Um, that's what they'd say. Like some of the bands would actually come early and, and hang out in the cider house and want to talk to us. You don't normally get that from especially from large bands and um they it was just amazing they'd come afterwards and ask if they could come hang out with us again or, or sit in the cider house with us and it's just fun when you can take them out of their environment and put them in put them in yours and have those types of conversations and they were so laid back and so fun um so yeah those, those times are priceless when it comes to things like that you also have some fun recipes and different things happening on your website. Uh, never thought to actually make a cocktail using us, using a cider. I guess I'm not that creative <laughs> always. Uh, so that's definitely something that I'm going to try. Are there any that you've actually made like another drink with the cider that is your kind of go-to or do you really just drink it by itself? No, I mix liquor with it often. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm always a fan of tequila with my cider anything um if you you said you like the reposado that's a tequila aged cider so um i'm a big fan of adding a shot of tequila to certain ciders um we have a recipe for a sangria for the sangria margarita very good i recommend that one um, i think it's great um we also had one that when we had the sip and citrus which was just a limited release this year that was a grapefruit hop cider and people were mixing it with a shot of orange vodka phenomenal <laughs> um so those are probably three of my top and any of the fruity ones with some tequila the sang sangria margarita i'm trying to combine those two words into one that's hard to say um and then the sip and citrus with, with orange vodka but there's there's definitely some more detailed cocktails on our site that are more if you like really making unique cocktails i'm like a shot in a can of something <laughs> margarita is probably my my biggest mix <laughs> Yeah, and there's also some awesome recipes that I'm looking, I'm currently looking at them. I'm like, yep. they look so good. I need to make this apple pie. I have some breads to make. So we'll be adding all these to our to our list for the rest of the fall. Excellent. <laughs> I don't cook very often or bake, so I can't speak to many of those, but uh, they're, they're pretty good. We have, we have a lot of comments about them, but I haven't made them myself. <laughs> So where can people find Woodchuck Ciders in stores online? Uh, where can, should people go to to pick some up for themselves? Yeah, um, if you're in New England, it's definitely in a lot of grocery stores. Um, obviously, if you're in Vermont, our cider house has everything we make all the time. Um, but it's really, it depends on where you live. So sometimes it's in liquor stores, sometimes it's in grocery stores. Um, the easiest way to find it near you is on our website. We have a locator and there's a link to it in the top right corner of our of the woodchuck.com website. And on that locator, you type in your zip code and it will tell you every store near you carrying it. And if you want to pick a specific style of woodchuck, you can pick the style you're looking for and enter your, your zip code. So that's probably the easiest way for everybody to find it. Um, people can also email us and we can help them as well. Um, we have info at uh, Vermont. So vtciderco.com and people can email us and we'll help them um but it really varies all over the place i mean in new england like the price choppers the shaws the hannafords the market baskets you know total wine and more if you're near total wine or bevmo abc liquors um, a lot of those will have it um but it so varies by market i don't know every store in every market <laughs> but the locators is the best way to find it or we are happy to help anyone 
even some of the smaller stores near us surprisingly do carry it, but they don't carry a lot of stuff. So it's, it's pretty yeah. neat to be able to just go right down the street and grab it. I don't have to go too far. <laughs> right. I like hearing that. Um, and for everybody who wants to see your beautiful photos and to learn more when things are released, where are, where can they find you on social? Yeah. Um, I mean, we're on Facebook and Instagram, Twitter some, we do some on Reddit as well, but Facebook and Instagram will educate on everything as well as our website. And those are all um, Woodchuck Cider um, for all of those. And we are pretty active on there. We like to you know, maintain good conversation and talk to people and meet people through that. Um, and so that's the best way to figure it out. And that, that also the same person that, that talks on all of our social channels also answers all of our emails and helps on emails. So you're talking to a person sitting right here at the cidery that's, that's very familiar with everything. It's not an agency or somebody else. So, um, we like to make sure we have that constant communication with all of our fans and we learn a lot from our fans in doing that. So. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we thank you so much for coming on. We had a great conversation. We are excited to share all of the different photos that we took at the Cider House. So there is lots coming. Um, and for everybody who wants to check what check out, we will put the links in the description. But thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. This is great. I really appreciate it. And I'm glad you guys were able to come up and see the Cidery. And Bianca, it was good to have you back again. <laughs> yes, it was so much fun. Thank you. Excellent. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. All right, bye. Sure to follow us on social at Uncorked Corner and on the blog at uncorkedcorner.com for a taste of more food and beverage content. And if you enjoy the show, don't forget to leave a comment, subscribe, rate, and review on whatever podcast platform you prefer. Thanks for listening.